Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. Our Cowboys are 1-0 to start the season and Eve is back. Guys, week two is already off to a great start. Week two is our, you know, let me tell you something. I, I feel like I say this every single year, but man, that was the best week one of college football ever. <laughs> Did it just seem like there was a, a ton of great games that was on TV across the nation? I would not say a ton of great games. I would say the great games were great and the rest were kind of eh. like the TC, TCU Colorado, hands down, best game of the week. Then you also had LSU Florida State, which was close. And then Florida State started pulling away, jumped up to number four in the polls, which I'm like, they're my ACC champion early prediction. But then the rest of them, I was just kind of flipping through like, eh. Yeah, I, I think for me, it, it might just be because like I got so excited about watching the players. I think especially the quarterback play across the country. I mean, there are so many good quarterbacks to watch. From I, I was at the TCU Colorado game, right? So I got to see Shador Sanders ball out in person, who may have been the best quarterback that week, right? Like so far this year, right? He was the best quarterback that we've seen play. And then you saw the dude over at Washington, right? Uh, Mike uh, Penix. Penix. That guy is the truth. Like, he looks really good. Bo Nix at Oregon looked really good. You got the dude at FSU who looked spectacular. I mean, just a lot, a lot of great quarterback play. And that stuff just gets me super excited. Keon Coleman, the receiver over at FSU that transferred over from Michigan State. I know folks over there up in East Lansing, Michigan, got to be pissed off by him transferring. But yeah, he just, I just, I just, I'm just so happy that college football is back. Justin, before you chime in, I just want to give condolences to the Oregon Duck puddles. Poor puddles. I don't even know the total number of push-ups he had to do. But for those who are not familiar, every time Oregon scores a touchdown, puddles the duck does the corresponding number of push-ups. So seven for the first touchdown, then 14, then 21, and so on. Oregon scored, I think it was 83 points. Poor puddles did over like 500 push-ups that yeah. day. So he's swole now. He can't even fly. It was um, 81 points, so 546 push-ups. There we go. Gracious. So, shout out to you, Puddles. You're the real MVP of this weekend. Puddles better get in that gym. <laughs> Justin, what were your thoughts on week one overall? Well, I mean, it's here. Uh, I'm glad that we are back at it. But uh, the team that I care about, Oklahoma State, did not impress. Uh, but I guess there is something to be said that football is back. It's almost better to have bad football with a win than it is to have no football at all. So I guess we'll, we'll roll with that for now. I will say, though, Justin, we're going to get to Oklahoma State in just a second. I think that there were a lot of teams that were slow to start 
this weekend. If you look at Georgia, I mean, Georgia, I think it was like 14 to nothing at halftime or something crazy. And they were playing Mercer, I think it was. And same with Alabama, like some of these top tier teams, it took them a while to get rolling. Now they got rolling and they won easily. But I think across college football, you did see a lot of teams slow to start. It was their first time hitting people in months. So I will, I will take our tough victory with a grain of salt and I'd take an ugly W over a pretty L. So that's, that's just me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's true for some teams, but like the teams we were just mentioning with Colorado, Florida state, I mean, it's a good thing we didn't play either one of those teams this week because we would have gotten just steamrolled. Um, And it's kind of crazy to think about like, sure. I mean, some, some teams are starting off slow, but I mean, this is, you know, you get a chance to make a first impression. And this is kind of what we're we're left with for a little while anyway. So hopefully we see some improvement pretty quickly or, you know, this might just be what we've got. Not, I mean, I'm, I'm going to push back on that one right there, Sal. And the reason why is I don't even know if we would have gotten steamrolled if we would have played any other team because we would have – I feel like the game plan and the strategy would have looked completely different. The way that I view the game was – We still have a lot of things to figure out. It almost seems as if Gundy is playing the long game. It wasn't so much about, hey, let's focus on this opponent and do this and really scheme up against Central Arkansas as much as it was, hey, let's continue to figure out exactly what we are working with here. It was one of those weird situations to where even whenever it felt close, you never really felt like the game was in jeopardy, right? Like you have, you know, there was at one point whenever, you know, it was a one possession game and they brought Gundy in, like, the you know, the, the walk on quarterback Gundy into, uh, you know, t- to go out there and take his first snaps. And it just it, it seemed like if you were afraid, if he had, you, you know, if there were actual stakes, like, you know, like real, real stakes in this game, that's not something that you would do. But I think that the coaching staff, the players, it kind of felt like, hey, this is under control. So we can almost treat this as a glorified scrimmage and figure out exactly what pieces we are working with as the season goes along. But it was one of those games where, honestly, I wasn't really tripping. I I wasn't really tripping as I went back and watched it and saw the whole thing play out. I was like, okay, we're really just figuring out kind of who we are as a team. And it seems like Gundy just still has a plan, a long-term outlook versus just, hey, beat the, you know, beat the opponent now. See, I agree with you to an extent, Eve, on the flip side. I think that there was a lot at stake in this game. I think that our season could have easily been lost on on Saturday had we not pulled out that win. I think it's really hard to come back when you're not in the top 25. You're told your schedule is cake. You should, you know, no one's really taking your schedule seriously. And then you go out and if you lose to Central Arkansas, I think that's a really tough mountain to climb after. So when I saw Gunnar Gundy going out there late in the third quarter, I think it was my initial reaction is what are we doing? And that's solely based on what we saw from him last season, which isn't fair, but that's the only game tape that we have to go off of. That being said, the risk played out, the gamble played out, and Coach Gundy has obviously seen stuff in practice between Rangel, Bowman, and Gundy that he's like, no, they're going to play their equal snaps or as equal as I can get it. But I I, I didn't feel like that game was ever under control. And I did feel once it was a one possession game, I'm like, this could, Central Arkansas could easily have had the lead if they didn't call back two touchdowns because of penalties against them. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, 
I wanted to see Gunnar Gundy play, but I wanted to see him come into the game whenever it was well under control and not in that situation. So I am surprised that they stuck with the script and decided to do that. I mean, it turns out that that was an okay thing to do against an opponent like Central Arkansas. And the fact that the offensive line was actually able to block somebody in the fourth quarter so that our running game could get going as well. But really, any quarterback who's in the game in that situation, it should be able to pull off the win. It just happened to be Gunner Gundy, which is fine. But that's not exactly what you want to see. Like we were just talking about, Meg. Like, you know, what are we, you know, just the first week you got a chance to come out. We've already been talking about how. Uh, everybody's got something to prove based off the season that we saw last year and to come out and to Eve's point, treat it like a glorified scrimmage. I mean, that comes from the top down. So the coaches treated it that way. The players treated it that way. And in my opinion, that's just a way to get the job done instead of like actually going out and like dominating the way that you should. So now we're going to talk about, are we, are we as good as we think we should be? Uh, Is it, you know, what, what does the season look like? We don't know anything. And I think that we still wouldn't know anything had we beat them 75 to nothing. Right. But we would also have a better sense of, okay, this guy's maybe our quarterback now. It, just so many other things could have been answered. And, and now we're just kind of looking at it like, we're playing this way against Central Arkansas. Are we going to be able to hold up against Arizona State, who, sh- who we should also handle? Are we going to be able to play and hold our own against South Alabama? Like, the list goes on and on. And based off of that one week, it's kind of like, dude, I don't know. And it's kind of scary. I will say, man, whenever I, I think I would prefer for us to win in the manner in which we won rather than having a blowout victory. And the reason why is because there's still so much to figure out about this team. And I think that human nature, if you have a blowout victory, human nature sets in and says, okay, we're good. We can handle this. But I think whenever we have this kind of victory, it kind of puts you in mind of saying, wow, we still have a lot to improve on. We still have to you know, make sure that we have, we're on our P's and Q's. So hopefully it's that type of week of practice you know, where the players are going out there, they're on their P's and Q's. That way, whenever Saturday comes around, it's, it's more of a, you know, you're, you're seeing a better effort out there. I don't know what it's going to look like from a uh, coaching standpoint, right? Like as far as like personnel, as well as, you know, are, are we going to stay in base defense like we did the entire time, essentially, right? I think we only blitzed five times uh, that entire game, which is fine, right? Like we weren't getting too creative because, as I mentioned, it seemed like it was a glorified scrimmage. Um, but on that note, on a base defense, I think like 15 of um, Central Arkansas's 24 completions either came to a slot or a running back, right? So, you know, our, it, it shows that, hey, our coverage is doing their thing, especially on the outside. But – yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things to where, hey, because it was such a close game, let's make sure that we have a sense of urgency whenever we go out this, this upcoming week. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, we would already kind of have that sense of urgency because it's like that for every week. I just feel like the excuse That's of, true. oh, let's you know keep things close to the vest. Like, we don't want to let Arizona State know. Who cares? Like, you should be able to go out and dominate Arizona State too, regardless of how you're lining up. What blitzes you call? What plays unless you call? We, unless we aren't right. supposed to go out there and dominate Arizona State. Maybe Gundy knows something that we don't know about his team. And he's able to say, like, look, I am going to hold my cards to my chest because, you know, there there are some weaknesses. So, I don't know. 
I will say there are a couple things that I want to address about Saturday's game. First of all, if you watched the game broadcast, if you're going to be watching the broadcast, they compared our offensive line to their offensive line, our defensive line to their defensive line. Size-wise, we were very comparable. And something they were saying on the broadcast is that typically between the FBS and the FCS level, the main difference is size of players. That difference did not exist here. I'm not saying that Central Arkansas is, you know, this – incredible team, but I do think that they are a very good team who are going to be in the conversation for an FCS national championship come January. They also received top 25 votes in the FCS. So Central Arkansas is not this D2 podunk team. Also, a lot of our, a lot of our flaws were self-inflicted. A lot of our wounds were self-inflicted. You know, Ollie Gordon has that 44-yard run as soon as Gunnar Gundy comes in and it's called back because of a holding penalty. There were at least three dropped passes that were thrown right to the numbers that I can remember where the receiver tried to make a play before they secured the catch. So I think a lot of the mistakes that we saw, I don't necessarily think that it was that we were outplayed. I think that Central Arkansas is a better team than people expected, and we played down to their level. I also think that we shot ourselves in the foot with some of the plays that we made where we could have had a first down or you know a 45-yard run, and we didn't because we were playing sloppy football. That being said, in the fourth quarter, I think things started to click for us. A couple of things I want to address. So, like, if you look across the the offensive line, right? Whenever you talk about size wise, right? You're talking six five three twenty five, right? Six four three hundred, six five three hundred and three pounds. Um, and, and and I know that sometimes the TV angles can definitely make it seem like you know the size is a lot more you know comparable. I don't know if the commentators were maybe looking at it from the angle that they were looking at. No, but- it was literally a graphic that uh-huh. averaged the offensive line weight for us and the offensive line weight for Central Arkansas. And they were only a couple pounds off and only a couple inches off. So it wasn't them looking at it. It was literal numbers that were averaged right. together. Okay. And same with the defensive line. I think the average of our D line was like 285 and there was 283 and ours was like 6'4 and theirs was 6'3. I'd have to pull it up on the broadcast. But it was literally like not just, hey, they look the same size. No, the numbers were within an inch or two and maybe like five pounds from each other. Yeah, and that's probably going to be the biggest uh, weak point, right? Like even in our running game, you know, I know that, you know, our running backs went out there probably should not, – not probably. They should have averaged a way uh, larger yards per carry. But um, we weren't able to maul them off of the line of scrimmage like the way that we were supposed to have. And I think that probably was the thing that was the most jarring to me was how inefficient we were at, at run blocking more than anything else. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Like the the offensive, like the line of scrimmage, really through the first three quarters. I mean, it it really shouldn't have been that close, but it was. It was kind of that. I, I brought it up on the podcast before. We were talking about all the experience our offensive line has because you've got a bunch of you know, redshirt seniors and juniors in the in the lineup, and it's kind of like, cool, we have experience, but that doesn't mean that you're good. Right. So it's literally like we're getting the same stuff that we saw last year. Um, granted, like toward the end of the year, a lot of those guys were, you know, band-aided, bandaged up, like barely hanging on by a thread. But I mean, cool. We have the experience, but I mean, like 
be you got to be better if if you can't if you can't find somebody better than that like we're kind of wasting our time like this is like the the recruiting needs to get better the coaching needs to get better to get these guys better prepared for that the only reason that they were able to pull away was because in the fourth quarter you got guys on the central arkansas side and they're just you know dying from being in the 100 degree heat 160 degrees on the field whatever the case is and you know body by glass is able to separate that you got division one athletes versus fcs and there's a separation there but it took three quarters so it's not it's not a great start well a couple bright spots guys couple bright spots is Eve, you did say that, you know, the running back should have been averaging more uh, per carry. I don't disagree. However, they finished the game averaging almost five yards per carry. So for, between the first half and the second half, you did definitely see improvement in the run game. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't even hit five. 4.8. Dang. That's pretty bad. I ain't gonna lie. That I mean, I know that's supposed to be a bright spot, but again, Central Arkansas, four point eight yards per carry. Fair again, Central is, Arkansas. I'm just saying, players have said the goal for the season is five yards per carry. So I'm like, if you're basing not off of that, and in, in the first half, I forget exactly what it was in the first half, but it was like two or three yards. So they improved. Yeah. This is my uh, point. Well, right? uh, yeah, this this should be one of those games that's supposed to you know increase that average, right? Increase that average up, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it was a lot of experimenting happening in the first half, you know, as compared to the second half, maybe that's the reason why. But golly, couldn't even get five yards per carry against Central Arkansas. That's well, it's not even experimenting. Like we were just doing vanilla stuff. It's very predictable, and you're just hoping that you're you've got better athletes to get the job done versus like actually working on stuff that you want to see in other games. Well, the other bright spot for me, at least, was that. Uh, <laughs> Deshaun, Deshaun Stribling, 73 yards, our top receiver. He was at 73 yards on four receptions. So that's not bad. He, there's a lot of talk around him when he signed and or came here from the transfer portal. And I think that we're going to be seeing a lot more of him this season. I'm hoping that once we lock in a quarterback, maybe we'll be able to get that deep ball connection, something that you sort of saw with uh, Tay Martin a couple of years ago or Tylen Wallace, that type of thing. Um, yeah. So there, there, there are some – I'm trying to find the positives, guys. I know that it was sloppy. I know it was frustrating. Our offensive line, I know at Central Arkansas, we only gave up one sack. So, you know, it's like the little things. When our offensive line did not have much depth last, depth last season, I feel like our quarterbacks had a decent amount of time in the pocket. They all looked composed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, if we're looking for bright spots, I mean, Corey Black, right? That's a guy who, yes. yeah, he he went out there and he balled. He had a really, really key plays, not only on defense, but also on special teams. Um, watching Coach Nardo go out there with the defense in the manner that he did was actually, you know, pretty cool to see how he's, you know, potentially going to be scheming it up, right? Like there were some adjustments made from the base defense. So he would move Benson or he would move Colin Oliver to stand up edge defender to look more like a four down front. Uh, that was really cool just to see the different ways that he's able to move players around the way that he's able to disguise even in the in the linebacker position um i noticed that xavier benson and jeff uh, what's his name robson 
Jeff Robeson, uh, they were aligned to the field side, right, and as an overhang defender for most of the game, which is ex- about what we expected based on seeing Iowa State's defense over the past couple of years. So um, it's really cool to see that. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose a linebacker for a couple of weeks, right, Justin Wright, a guy that I, was, I personally was really, really excited about. But what an opportunity for Nick, uh, Nick Martin to be able to step in there, step up, and, and, and show what he can do. Positive. Oh, go ahead, Justin. Well, yeah, I was some of the positive things that I saw just initially were uh, it seemed like even though we were very vanilla on offense, at least they were trying to, it seemed like, get the ball in Presley's hands a little bit more. So I love to see that. Um, again, on the negative side, wide receiver blocking was terrible. Like on the screen, even whenever the, the play that Presley scored on, I mean, screen pass coming out of the backfield, and both guys whiffed on their blocks. I mean, arguably a, a holding call was missed on Green, but that was literally just Brennan Presley being an athlete and getting into the end zone. So, I mean, against Central Arkansas, yeah, that'll work. But against Iowa State, against Kansas State, OU, that's not going to work. So, you guys, you got to figure it out. It, it was, yeah, I mean, it was you, just so you, bad. You know what it reminds me of? It's almost reminiscent of the 2021 season when we started off really slow. Nobody was really expecting Oklahoma State to do anything because of the first four or five games and how slow we looked, how lackadaisical we came out there. Next thing you know, we're playing in the Fiesta Bowl and beating Notre Dame. So I don't know. I, 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 I'm not really too worried because it is game one. Maybe it's just because it's game one and I feel like, um, you know, Gundy's been in these spots before and I kind of just trust, you know, his vision. But, yeah, I mean, like with that being said, like hopefully, you know, we see that sense of urgency coming out in game two from from the staff as well as the players. I'm hoping that a lot of this is just because there's not consistency. I'm hoping that once he does name a quarterback, because that's going to you think that has to happen eventually. And once he's done trying to plug and play and figure out what combinations work and there's just more consistency and it's not being I don't want to say treated like a glorified scrimmage because I don't know if that's necessarily how he was approaching it. But once there's just more consistency with who's on the field and who's playing together that we see improvement across the board. That's me trying to be optimistic. And one more note on Justin Wright being positive. He thought after the game, he thought he was going to be done for the year. But no, expect to see him back in five weeks when we host Kansas State. So that is, I hope you get better soon. Glad it was not season ending. We can't wait to see you out there on October 6th. Yes. I will say uh, one more thing on the the positive side uh, that I didn't get to touch on with Brendan Presley. It was, I think, in his post-game interview where he was talking about kind of the adversity that the team had in week one, and they were able to essentially, like, keep positive vibes on the sideline and, you know, good things happen from that, staying positive until the end of the game and, and getting through that, which is great. It's great to see because – uh, you juxtapose that with what happened last year with a bunch of negative talk, a lot of negativity in the locker room, losing a lot of games. Yeah. And granted, it's, again, Central Arkansas. But, I mean, you're playing those teams for a reason. you got to establish that and be able to yeah. call back on that throughout the season to know, like, we've been in this situation before and we can get through it again. So very positive leadership for Brennan Presley. Yeah. I mean, hats off to you for that. That's exactly what you want to hear from the leader of your team. The question, though, is going to be who is going to be throwing it to Brendan Presley on a consistent basis? Because as of right now, there's this whole quarterback carousel that's happening, and that might be the most discouraging thing of it all. Curious to know what y'all think about uh, the QB situation right now. 
I, first of all, I want to know if you had placed a bet that Garrett Rangel was going to get the start. I want to know who you are because I don't think a single person in the Oklahoma State fan base truly expected to see yeah. Rangel go out there first. Everyone that I've talked to is like, and this is completely no one of reliable source, just fans in general are like, it's going to be Bowman. It's going to be Bowman. And when Rangel sure. went on the field, I'm just like, Justin, I think you said it, ultimate troll job by, by Gundy. <laughs> yeah, we're just getting trolled. Like, what? We bring in Bowman in the transfer portal, fully expect him to to be the starter with all of his experience. Gundy, you know, really values that experience. Um, but at the same time, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was put actually out, put out the guy that earned the job. And based on what we saw, that body of work, uh Rangel looked like the best quarterback uh to an extent. Like I know that Gunner Gundy came in, uh granted it was fourth quarter and uh, a lot of those guys retired. I think that that played a, a big part. I'm not. I'm not trying to like, you know, discredit anything that Gunner Gunny did. He he did a good job. Um, better than Bowman, actually. Well, and that's but, mention, well, Bowman yeah. also didn't have a rhythm to really get into, right? Like it's. I mean, nobody I, did. Yeah, yeah. There were also yep. several guys dropped passes thrown right to them by Bowman. So I feel like Bowman's numbers. I don't want to say aren't fair, but it's like that wasn't, not, was not yeah. his fault. It was the receiver's fault. Right. I mean, that's part of the game, sure, but yeah. those oh, numbers sure. definitely aren't fair. And Bowman also only got to hand the ball off five times. So I want to give no a shout out. Run, running establishment, like n- no run game establishment, no like great pass protection for, you know, it's, yeah. it's you know, you got to get into a rhythm and it's kind of like, okay. Right. I want to give a shout out to Keaton, uh, OK State Props, who was on the podcast just a couple episodes ago, who after the TCU Colorado game went on Twitter and said, and look, there are only two quarterbacks in the nation that have thrown for 500 yards in a game so far in their career that are active players. One of them is Shador Sanders. The other one is Alan Bowman. Just keeping up the propaganda. Keeping up the prop. So, yeah, got to love that. Uh, hopefully we get to see one of them 500-yard games from Bowman here pretty soon. That would be welcomed. Eve, were you asking us who we think will be the starter going forward? Yeah, I mean, about the situation overall, right? Like the fact, are are y'all surprised that we are still, you know, rotating these quarterbacks in there? I'm surprised that Gunnar Gundy is in the mix. And I'm not trying to sit here and insult the kid and say that he's terrible. I'm saying, again, we do not have game tape other than what we saw last year from him. And he was the one who's, was it him or Ringo? Him whose hand was literally shaking before taking a handoff in one of the games. Regardless if it was Gunner or Rangel, it's like you go from that and looking panicky in the pocket to being poised, composed. Listen, all of the quarterbacks made mistakes, but I think that they all also recovered from them after Rangel's interception. He was back out there the next drive, looking composed, looking poised. I mean, there's a, there's a part of me that hopes that it's Rangel now, only because he's still young. You know, this is Bowman's last year. So if it is Bowman, then we start all over with the quarterback process next year. And yeah, you have floors and you have Rangel, but wouldn't it be nice to have the same quarterback for multiple years going forward? Honestly, that's part of the reason why I want it to be uh, <laughs> Bowman. You know, it was like, here's your last year. You made a, a transfer. You came, you know, came to Oklahoma and, you know, you want to be able to have a good season, at least a full season as a starter. And, 
you know, show what you can do, you know, potentially give yourself a shot at the next level. Um, and then, you know, next year, you know, you give the keys to Flores. That's that's who I'm hoping for anyway, so that we can have him for four years if he does redshirt. Yeah. But, you know, that's uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. What happens in there? I'm, I honestly was a little surprised that we that we rotated as much as we did. But as I said earlier, I just I just don't feel I'm, I'm not worried about it. I'm just not worried yet because it seems like this is all happening strategically. Well, I I like Justin just rolled his eyes at me. He's like, yo, (laughs) F F that. Well, I'm just saying like, I don't, I don't necessarily uh, care who the quarterback is. I want whoever is going to be the best person to get the job done to win us a lot of games. So if it happens to be Bowman, that's awesome. If it happens to be Rangel, that's great. I, I mean, I don't Company think it'll man. be. You care about the program. Yep. You care but about the, the team. Prop, yeah. I mean, props to what Gunner was able to do in this last game. I like the fact that, yeah, I mean, in the Kansas State game, his hands were shaking. Like you said, Meg, he bounced back. He's poised, calm. He's like running way faster now. So the fact that we have an established, uh, just, just that presence of the – the the backup position is like very important. And the fact that Gunnar Gundy can play such a big role in a backup position is quite frankly, it's, it's a big deal for Oklahoma state. So regardless of who the quarterback is this year, we know that if, if one of those guys or two of those guys goes down, we should be able to be okay. Um, Hopefully. Right. And, yeah, we just and haven't uh, seen enough. the other part of that is, with Rangel, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like, all right, you get a chance to he's – he's a four-star quarterback coming out of high school, so you get a chance to either play him and develop him this season in hopes that he hits that 15-game mark and he's able to lead the quarter – like lead the team next year. Or you roll out with Bowman, who's, you know, like on his way to hopefully be like a, a nice NFL prospect. So I understand like – this is a tough situation for Gundy to be in and which Gundy for coach Gundy to be in and for like, I think now we can all see why he wasn't able to separate the quarterbacks just based on what we saw. Everybody got four series and it's pretty much dead even. And I don't, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like it's maybe good. And the fact that you can plug and play, put whoever in there and we're going to be fine. Or it's plug and play. You put whoever in there, and we're going to be bad. So, I think like, I don't awesome. know. I don't know what to go off of based on that. Yeah. Like, are you going to do that through the rest of the non-conference schedule? It's tough. Are you going to just go through it for the, this week? Like, how long are we going to expect to see this? That's where it gets, you know, kind of scary because we like we don't have any kind of gauge the, as far as what what's going to happen. I think the last time that we saw something like this, whenever was whenever it was um, Shelf and Walsh, right? Just a you know a couple of years back, where Gundy couldn't really commit to one or the other. You know who's the starting cornerback going to be, and that lasted what maybe four games. So I mean, even that is unprecedented, right? You don't really see a team going four games into the season into conference play already, and still not knowing who the full time starting quarterback is going to be. So hopefully, it's not one of those situations where it gets dragged out. Because at some point, you got to rally around one guy, right? I almost like going the Bill Belichick approach. You know, you saw what happened with the New England Patriots this this off season, where 
you know, final day of cuts comes in and he says, okay, I'm cutting all the quarterbacks except for Mac Jones. And it's almost like you're making a statement and saying, hey, this is our guy. It's not going to be Bailey Zappi. It's not going to be Malik Cunningham. This is the guy that's going to be leading our team. And then he becomes a team captain, right? So, like, you know, agree with the decision of cutting the quarterbacks or not, but that's a statement move that he's making. And at some point, I feel like Gundy is going to have to make a statement about the most important position on the field. Yeah, because by the time we play Iowa State or K-State, whatever the case is, if you keep cutting these quarterbacks reps in half – you're hindering their development that much more. All these game reps that are so important for quarterbacks to get into a rhythm. Don't we need to see that like happen as soon as possible? Like, yeah. So. I listened to, uh, I listened to Arizona state's head coach, uh, Kenny Dillingham after his post-game press conference. And he was talking about how it was his job as a coach to make sure that his quarterback is able to get into a rhythm and to keep him in a rhythm. And we were talking about like, there was this, this big gap because of a storm that they weren't able to play a couple of hours between halves and your quarterback's going to get out of rhythm. Well, that's just like in one game, one example. And we've got this spread out over potentially months for our quarterback, not to be able to get into a rhythm. So I don't know, just different approaches, but, yeah, I mean, you know, different per- approaches, different personnel. It's hard to determine if there was ever even a – is it close? You know, is, is there a separation for their quarterback room? Also, he's 33 years old. What does he know? Well, let's talk know about – about quarterbacks. Yeah, facts. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking, guys. Say, so Let's talk about our game against Arizona State. I think it's very hard to sort of gauge – what type of opponent they'll be. As Justin said, there is a two hour and 45 minute halftime in their game against Southern Utah last Thursday because of a dust storm that rolled through and talking about uh, quarterbacks and Kenny Dillingham, he's coached guys like Jordan Travis, who's now at Florida state and Bo Nix. So I think he knows a thing or two about developing quarterbacks. Their current quarterback, true freshman Jaden Rashada threw for 263 yards and two touchdowns, and they're running back transfer from Sacramento State, Cameron Scadaboo. Great name. Love that name. Cameron Scadaboo rushed for 71 yards and a touchdown. He's described as a bowling ball who is tough to tackle. Now, guys, our defense had some trouble with some tackling, missed some tackles. The broadcaster, as the announcer, said that that Coach Nardo was probably going to have some conversations with his players and say, stay on your feet. How important yeah. is that when you're trying to make a tackle? <laughs> it, it, it became that much more important because Justin Wright, who is more of a short tackler, went down. So you're going down. You know, you have two linebackers that are going to be out there already. If your defensive backs aren't able to make tackles, my goodness, that could affect the entire game. You have to be a short tacklers out there. And, yeah, I mean, I hope so. I hope they're doing tackling drills all week long because – that, uh, you know, throwing your body out there, leading with the shoulder, not wrapping up and bringing them down, that's going to hurt you, especially against a, a better team like Arizona State. Yeah, we should just uh, consult with Malcolm Rodriguez. You know, it seemed like he was uh, a sure tackle. He's the surest. The GOAT. So figure out what he did. Do that. <laughs> Do that. A couple other players to watch on the Arizona State side. 
Xavier Gilroy had 73 receiving yards and a touchdown. Plus on special teams, Elijah Badger had two kick returns for 100 yards. However, one of them was for 81 yards. So keep an eye on Badger on special teams because 81 yeah. yards is damaging. It's, <laughs> it's no joke. It's yeah. damaging. I mean, and again, it's really hard to sort of assess this team. They were up 21-7 at the half. They had a two-hour and 45-minute intermission, which is essentially the length of a football game itself. And then they had to get back out there, held on to win at 24-21. I feel like because of that break, we can't really determine how good, what their strengths are. Is it that they were just better mentally prepared? And as Justin, you were saying about Dillingham, keeping his guys locked in, keeping them focused, getting them reps. Did he just do a better job of that than the Southern Utah coach? I don't know. I wasn't in the locker room. But what are your keys to winning this game out in Tempe on Saturday? Justin, you go ahead on this one. Well, I think um, Coach Nardo and the defense, uh, I would like to just see what they do differently to rattle their quarterback, Jaden Rashada, because yeah. he's a true freshman. Uh, and, and you're able to kind of set a tone for the future as well. So this isn't the last time you're going to see him with Arizona State coming into the Big 12. I think it'd be huge for us to be able to rattle him early, keep him from getting into a rhythm. And I'd love to see it turn into a similar situation of how OSU was against RG3 back in the early 2010s. You know, very talented quarterback for whatever reason, just wasn't able to figure out against Oklahoma State. So if we're able to relive that, I'll be happy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, you know, they're at home. There's a lot of excitement around their program. I think that you can't let their crowd get into it. Right. For one, whenever you're going on the road against, uh, you know, a team that, you know, has a lot of excitement behind it. Right. A lot of a lot of buzz, a lot of hype. Um, you got to be able to go in and set the tone, set the tone early, especially uh, just with your aggression. I think that's going to be the biggest difference maker here because, you know, it's easy to talk about how. Man, honestly, it, it's it's such an elusive type of offense on both sides. Right. Like you have spreads, you have a lot of throwing, but whoever is able to set that physical dominance early on, I feel like it's going to be the team that can gain the momentum relatively quickly. So as long as Oklahoma State on defense as well as on the offensive line can go out there and push some people around, um, like establish dominance early, that is going to be the key of the game. And whoever is able to ride that momentum, um, I feel like it's probably going to be the team that comes out on top. I also want to extend that not just for our defense, but also – for just Oklahoma State in general, right? I mean, Kenny Dillingham's first year as a coach, uh, established dominance, Coach Gundy. Let him know, like, who the man is. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he's got seven more years before he's a man. So you really need to <laughs> make sure that you can establish dominance early, right? Um, but no, like, I mean... Even even I, from, the, from, from the wide receiver position, Justin, as you were talking about, like, throwing out those blocks... In yeah. the run game, that's going to be critical. Tunnel screens, like go and crack somebody. It's going to be huge. Um, but you know, it's early. To, it's early, but I think I might be a pretty big fan of Kenny Dillingham. So in my kind of not on Saturday game, not no, of course not. But you know, you got to respect the guys. Um, but I I came across a video on YouTube where he was introduced as Arizona State's new football. 
Walter Arizona State. Sorry, you froze for a second. You were saying that he was introduced, introduced. as Arizona's new football or Arizona State's new football coach, and then you got frozen. All right, yeah. So he was introduced as Arizona State's new football coach, and he got really emotional talking about how he was home because he's from Arizona State. And I can just tell he has, one, the smarts to be a great offensive coordinator we've seen, a great quarterback coach from what we've seen, hopefully for him, a good head coach. But the fact that he wants this job, he wants to do a great job for his alma mater. Yeah. I mean, you got to root for that. You love, you got to love that just as somebody who's a fan of college football. So, uh, you know, I'm rooting for him, just not for this week and not for any week that we play in the future. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, yeah, you you, you definitely have to love that. And I think that's part of the, the novelty of college football is you have these people who went to these universities like a coach Gundy and they get to go back and they get to lead these programs. And I hope that Kelly Dundra actually gets emotional on Saturday too, because of this L that he's about to take, right? Cause of a spanking. So hey, I'm all for the emotions. My two things that uh, things to watch for Saturday, a, I want Colin Oliver to get more involved. He had, three tackles last week and I think only one of them was solo. Yeah. He or you know, two, two solo tackles, three total tackles, involved in three total tackles. Colin Oliver, I need you to get back to your freshman year form and make more an impact. Get after that quarterback. Also, Eve, you mentioned him earlier in the show, Nick Martin stepping up for an injured Justin, Wright. Nick Martin did get the start this year. He did play every game last year, but mostly on special teams, saw a few snaps here and there on defense. But Gundy said this week that he has admired Nick's leadership and that he really is seeing him grow as a player. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Nick steps into that starting yeah. position, especially now that Justin right is out for the next several weeks with an injury so defense wins championships colin oliver nick martin i need big games from you and Corey black just keep it up yeah it up Corey black get that first interception let's go what an incredible opportunity for the entire team to just get better continue to prove people wrong because right now expectations aren't that high you know, I mean, we talked about all offseason about how we were excited about what we we're going to see from Colin Oliver. And, you know, that that's the performance that he came out with, to which I have to say, and I hate to say this, but my expectations aren't even that high. They're just they, they aren't high for him, particularly this season, uh, just based on what I saw. Right. Um, you know, schematically. Cool. I'm a fan. But golly, there are some things in there that I just that, that could have been a, a whole lot better. So, you know. We'll see. We'll see. I hope he can prove me wrong, too. But golly, that is that is not the way that you want to see, uh, you know, a guy with that type of talent uh, go out there. Yeah, there were uh, there was one in particular, man. He just got just straight up juked right out of his shoes. Um, hey, it happens to the best of us, man. Like, but I do worry about that, like Central Arkansas running back versus the competition you're going to see the rest of the year, starting with Arizona State's running back. So, yeah, I mean, it's. A scheme thing but also like talking about basic fundamentals being able to you know fit up a tackle like get into the ground so you know got to shake off that rust i guess but yeah as far as nick martin's concerned you know that's a big deal for him uh being able to he gets his chance to step up and be that guy because eve you know back when we were freshmen ori lemon went down with an injury and we got to see donald booker step up yep kind of brought his own intensity and skill set to the field so I think it's kind of a similar situation and, you know, hopefully he's able to, to take full advantage of that and, and really stand out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Donald Booker was all of what? 5'10", 245 pounds, went out there and ran a 4'4 on his pro day. Only thing that kept him out of the league was that he had an enlarged heart, which makes sense because he played with so much dang passion, right? Like enlarged heart was never able to play in the NFL, but man, that guy was special. Yeah. Guys, let's get to some picks. We'll start with uniforms. Shout out to Justin Southwell, the uniform guru. Got it right last week. Got everything right. We didn't do the face max, but you got the brand, the helmet, the whole, the whole look together last week. So Justin is 1-0. I am 0-1. And Eve was not here, so he did not pick. But Eve, we'll let you kick it off this week. What is your uniform prediction? We debut our new whites out in Arizona. All right, guys. I mean, it's, it, it might be too early to actually do this, but I think we go all white, just white out. What, okay, know. but here's here's the kicker for this year. You got to tell the colors of the numbers because there we have two options. So you got to specify. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going. Whew, okay. All white. We're going to go with the black numbers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're going all white. Black. I mean, look, what, what do they say? We're out in the sun, right? We're playing the sun devils. You got to be white hot. So we're going to be white hot out there in Arizona with the black numbers. Okay. All right. Well, my prediction is I'm going orange, white, white, and I say orange numbers. And I'm going to say full Pete on the helmet. So a new helmet? Yeah. Okay. Nice. I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about uh, orange Pete on an orange helmet. It's not great. Maybe. You never know. Um, I'm only referring back to like 2013, 2012, um, when we played Iowa State. They wore like little Pete on there. It was just, it wasn't full Pete, but it was the Pete head on an orange helmet and it just blended in and it looked terrible, like a little acorn logo on the helmet. Yeah. But we uh, last week, so are they going to be script cowboys, orange with script cowboys? I don't know. Possibly. Um, so last year when we played Arizona State, we wore the script cowboys, and it was white, black, white. So Meg, if you wanted to change that to be the script cowboys, I wouldn't be mad. But. Okay, I'll change. No, I'm I'm sticking with my gut. Full okay. Pete. When I'm wrong, it's fine. But at least I'm sticking with my gut. I will not be I will not be swayed. That's all right. Don't let him bully you. <laughs> I I'm kind of doing like a, I guess a combination of both of your picks. So I think it will be all white. But it is early in the season. And it's going to be like you know it's tempy. So it's going to be 112 during the day. I don't know what it'll be that night. Maybe like 85. But you almost have to go all white, right? It's too early to go with any black, so all white, white helmet with Patriot Pete, as we would call him, right here back in the back. Uh, white jersey with the orange numbers, Eve, so I'm switching it up on you, and then the white pants, so I think it'll look clean. All right, well, I have, I have written these down in my Google document, guys. We are keeping track all season long, so we will see who comes in second to Justin Southwell, because we know that he will, will win this. Guru. <laughs> and now it's everyone's favorite segment. Well, at least it's mine. Picks with Bix. Who's he taking? Who's he taking this week? Nice. Yay! 
he always Let's eats go. totally fine. Bixby always eats both treats. But if you guys <laughs> watched, he did stop and think about it. And normally he's very food driven. He goes right for the treat. So he, he put some thought into this pick. Went with the pokes. Yeah. Went with the pokes. The goodest boy. So good. One and oh after last week. And my pick. Maybe he just paused for an ad break. Just pause for an no. He he had to make sure he was making the right decision, and I am supporting him. I'm also going with the Cowboys. I think it's going to be 34 20 pokes. I like that. I like that score prediction. Yeah. Um, as far as I go, I think that I, I think that it's going to be one of those games to where um, one of the teams is going to start out early and and come out pretty fast. And then towards the end of the game, it's going to be a lot closer than people anticipated. But ultimately, the good guys are going to win. So I have it 27-21, Oklahoma State. Mm, okay. All right. A little cardiac action. All right. So for me, I think um, I think we'll probably win by 10. So I'm going to go with – I'll just like throw out 31-21 because I think that they'll probably score 21 like they did last week. But – uh, we should be able to hold him down. Just keep him to that. Yeah. Well, can we score 31 on the road? TBD, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, yes, we can. <laughs> Even after all of our doubt and frustration, we still believe in OK State and we all pick right. Cowboys and we think that they can rebound. And I will say right now, I would never pick them just because I believe in OK State. If I truly didn't think that they'd win, I would go with the bad guys, but. I'm riding. I'm riding with the pokes. Hey, if I didn't actually believe in OK State, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. All right, straight up. So, yeah, we ride with the Cowboys all day. Well, guys, thank you all for listening to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast presented by Bet Online. Once again, I'm Megan Robinson, joined by Justin Southwell and Eve Patoba. Thank you all so much for watching, listening, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends about us. We appreciate all of you. Can't wait till Saturday. Go pokes. Go Pokes. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.